the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast for the week of December 23rd. You heard that right. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Allen King. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great show again this week, uh, but I'd be remiss. I mean, here we are. We're days away from Christmas, so that's that's nice. Uh, it's the end of year. Uh, yet another long, crazy year, so that's nice, I guess. Uh, we're all feeling numb. I think I can speak for everyone, actually. That's just how it is. It's been a weird couple years and there's something satisfying about getting yet another year out of the way. Um, at my house, we do, uh, we do a pretty traditional Christmas. Um, we have a Christmas Eve lobster party and we, uh, we eat and drink and laugh and watch. Uh, it's a wonderful life. I know how pretentious that sounds, but I don't give a shit. I am not making apologies. This is what we do. My family's cool. Um, then we go home, we sleep it off and we wake up early and we go open presents and stockings and, meet up for for ham later brian's looking at me like i'm a, a absolutely just an idiot right now and that's fine people can judge away that's fine uh and and i love it and it's amazing and my family's great and i wouldn't want to end the year any other way although i do have a show on new year's so that's really how i want to end the year so um brian i know you can't see me how how's your uh uh what do you, what do, you do on uh, christmas do you have a are you a christmas eve thing or what I'm putting him on the spot because I know he doesn't have a mic. We have B running the board today. Hi, B. How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing great. It's so good. I can only see the top of your head over the computer, but that's really fun. Oh, yeah. Sorry, the chair didn't move up. So <laughs> well, Brian is a large man. Brian, you uh, what's, Wait, what? what? You're like six yeah. foot tall. <laughs> You're like, what is it? I six like seven? Your measure of a large man. <laughs> yeah. Once you get over six feet, I, you all look the same to me. I know yeah, that's a little I'm, racist, but I'm six eight. Six eight, yeah. yeah. It's the reason you and I can't hang on in public. We've had this <laughs> conversation right. before because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Five feet, six eight. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sitcom. We should write it. Uh, Christmas. I don't know. It's a little bit weird here because we don't have any family here. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit you know it's kind of it's just it's kind of my wife and I kind of staring at each other. We make a big dinner and that's about it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's the holiday. Yeah, I'm really sad now. No, it's okay. It's fine. We like it because we don't like people that much. So yeah, that's true. It's yeah. I mean, and you have the new. You got the new place now, so that's kind of exciting to have a first Christmas there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get some new toys for the wood shop and and nice some cool things. So yeah. Do you guys do stockings and stuff? Um, there is a stocking hanging on the mantle, but I think it's probably probably more for the cat than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm full in with Christmas stuff, man. Don't tell me anything that Santa's anything other than coming to my house. I I, I go, well, why not? I'm, you know, I, it's the last thing, like as an adult, it's kind of the last thing that you eventually go, you know what? It's just another day. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't really, you know, you abandon your birthdays early. B, cut his mic. I, I'm, this is not what I, this is not what I was looking for. This is crazy. Christmas is supposed to be fun. Have fun. God damn it. 
That's terrible. I shouldn't say things like that. I actually do love it. We we still do the whole thing. I also have a bunch of nieces and nephews and stuff, so it's fun. Anyway, we should move on. We we've got a great guest today, Brian. So we should pr- probably uh, get going here with that because uh, I, I'm thrilled. This the, our guest today is an amazing comedian. Uh, you don't want to miss if you if you see his name around, absolutely go. Go see him. Uh, He's that killer comic who you might not know his name, but when you see him, you're you're like, how is this guy not famous like that? He's brilliant. But you don't have to take my word for it. You may have seen him on Comedy Central Presents, Live at Gotham, The Late Late Show, Last Comic Standing, Tosh.0, Comics Unleashed, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Uh, He's open for Daniel Tosh on his most recent tour. He has his own podcast. This guy is is fantastic. Uh, And even with all that, this guy will say hi and help you in the clubs when you're visiting New York City, even though you haven't seen him in a couple years. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Fulcheron. Wow, man. I should do this podcast every day. I feel so good about myself right now. Hey, I didn't lie about a single thing on there. No, you know, who needs fame when you got quality? <laughs> I like what you're saying, man. Heck yeah, man. I'm so glad you're here, man. I really appreciate it. I know it's virtual, but this is this is fantastic. No, you- it's nice. You know, it's like you were saying, after all this time, with all these setbacks and all yeah. all this stuff, all this coronavirus, uh, we haven't been able to see each other as much. Yeah. And it, it kind of sucks. It's fine at first. You know, I think sure. we all needed a break. But after a while, come on, man. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I get stuck. I ended up down here with my in-laws in um, New Orleans, and I love them. But, but, uh, but there's no, I, you know, it was a while before I, I f- found any comic friends down here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I ended up back in New York, so it was fine. But but it's just like we we need to talk to each other and we need to see each other. And Zoom, it's it's great, yeah. but it's just not the same thing yeah. as like hanging out in a green room. The connection's and, and, important, man, for comics, yeah. I think, in particular. I really think yeah. it's important. Yeah. Well, we don't there's not a lot of us. It seems like oh, there's yeah. tons of comedians when it's time for it to get paid. But as far as like when you're hanging out at your family's Christmas party. There's no other comics to talk to. Yeah. You're just talking to regular, regular <laughs> civilians on that surface level. And you know what it is this year, Jason. Yeah. It's, so what do you think of the Chappelle thing? <laughs> I don't fucking know. You know better than I do. I don't yeah. watch comedy. <laughs> Everything that every hot button thing is absolutely. Well, let's get Jason's opinion on this. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I've, I, I've been around, really wanna... I've been around so long. I was there for, so what do you think of Michael Richards blow up? <laughs> And it's like, well, what do you think my take is on it? I thought it was great. Get the fuck out of here. There's only one opinion on that. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. was bad. It was bad news. <laughs> bad news for everybody. Every comic cringed in that moment. Of course. Like, oh my You God. really need my insight on this one. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't I don't want I don't want to talk about Chappelle's confrontation no. either i just don't, i don't really want to talk about it at all that's not my that's not my game why I, don't put me into it that's right. that's the other thing it's like go watch it get your own opinion about it i um, don't worry about Chappelle. he's gonna be fine i don't worry <laughs> yes. about anybody really yeah they're all I mean, gonna be listen fine. i'm already starting to talk about it i feel for everybody <laughs> in this equation i really yeah, do of course but uh what do i know about it i know i know no more than anyone else yeah that's awesome it's a great i and some people because i get grief because i I walk the line on a lot of this stuff and it's like you have to yeah you have to say and i'm okay with with doing that oh you you know these everybody wants to see strong opinion on this i'll be like sure i got opinions but it's not for everybody that's what entertainment has become it's become opinions it's Mm -hmm. become your take on current events which you know that's not necessarily what stand-up comedians do in fact Traditionally, I think that's a very small lane 
mm-hmm. because you're writing all these jokes that are going to be obsolete in a month. Yeah, if right. You're a current events comedian, but now that's the nature of comedy too. It's very disposable. It's very write something, get rid of it. Write something, get yeah. rid of it. And and an act is kind of frowned upon now. I don't know. I, I'm in the middle somewhere. I think you should always be writing new material, but I think a joke that you've worked on for a year or two is going to be fucking amazing. And let's not <laughs> yeah. shit on that. I love that. I love that opinion. And I don't, yeah. I don't get it here a lot. That's really, that's yeah. a really interesting perspective is yeah. Why, why? Yeah. Louie did that for a couple of years and that's sort of become the the trend or whatever, but I'm with you. Like, yeah. You, especially your first hour, let's say, you know, how long yeah. people have worked on that. That's literally. That's Wait, a, yeah. Crazy. It's like there's only so many comedians that are as good as Louis C.K. Sure. To be doing that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. again, all this is like controversial statements. What <laughs> no. I said is a controversial statement. I didn't mean I didn't mean for it to be. Yeah. I right. forgot we were recording. Yeah, right. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be careful because now oh, we're gonna so be judged as up. yeah, as somehow. The internet that. is just such a gross place. <laughs> and and unfortunately, that's where I mean I'm very old school. That's where our business takes place now. Yeah. It's like any other business, it takes place on the internet. And right. it's all about the comment section. Totally. Unfortunately. And 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 also branding. I think there's so many good things about branding and who I am as a comic, but also yeah. suddenly I'm locking myself into whatever my brand is. And the minute you go outside of that, I'm going to get lambasted yeah. for some reason. Yeah. I In 1999, I think it was, I sat down with a commercial agent, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. as an actor, they sure. send you out on commercials. Yeah. And it's a specific type of agent. It's just for commercials. Yeah. And the guy's like, listen, you're funny. He goes, I don't really, he's like, I'm going to send you out, but I don't know what to do with you. He's like, you're cool, but you're not that cool. You're good looking, but you're not a model. You're you're funny, but you're not fucking Will Ferrell, you know, and on and on and on and on. I was no one thing. Yeah. I was a bunch of like, I'm like at a 70% at everything. Right. And, uh, and, and that's how it is in comedy now too. It's like, there's no more comedian for the masses. Well, there is, but it's mostly just for little different sections. Well, this group has this comedian. This group has this comedian. This group has this comedian. Right, right. So everyone's going to shuffle you into a place, whether you want them to or not. And I think honestly. we all want to be that, no matter how punk rock we think we are, we all want to be that mainstream comedian that everybody yeah. can, can watch and listen to. Because like, like you said, I'm not famous. So I don't have that, that luxury. When I go to a comedy club, I have a very general audience. Mm-hmm. And I, it's got to work in... Montana, just like it's yeah. got to work in New York City, just like it's got to work in San Diego, you know? Yeah, right. So I'm trying, I'm still trying to think on a mainstream level, but I still want to try to do something that's not, that people haven't seen a million times before. Yeah. It's, it, it's it, not and easy, so often you try. And so often people won't let you do that. They won't let you be someone who wants to be for the masses, but also have a unique perspective. And like, there's so, I, I always call them comedy, comedy purists. Oh my God. And I'm just like, come on, man. Dude. So what if I want to appeal to a larger audience? It doesn't mean that's what, and I like podcasts because they get comedians out there and it's a way to do new material without it being material. Mm -hmm. But, but now you have these comedy experts like sports fans. (laughs) So my first headlining set back in Cleveland uh, this year, I, um, you know, it wasn't a perfect set, but it ended very well, which is like the victory. You know what I mean? Like it was a Rocky start, strong finish. But then this guy afterwards wanted to like have a debriefing with me, like, like, like a press conference in a, in a uh, sports, you know, after a game, Wow. you know, and he wanted to be like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? He's like, you open for Thompson girl. Why weren't you dirty up front? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Hey man, listen, y'all fucking know too much. Yeah. Like, like, just let me, you know, 
Sit back and I enjoy it. When I first show, started right? watching stand up, I thought the comedian was coming up with it on the spot. Sure. And it was, it was, yeah, it was cool, you know, but now everybody knows everything and they know, like, they know if you're doing an old joke, they know this, they know that, yeah. they know way too much. It's again, you're bringing up some things that haven't really come up that much. It's really interesting that, yeah, the, the curtain's been pulled back a little bit. You know, like the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, the, the ma- prop comic. The, See, yeah, how's that you for originality? <laughs> you mentioned, so you were in Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to change gears on this a little bit. Where did you, where did you start? Where did you come? I started out? in Los Angeles. Like you're not supposed to do, but wow. you got to understand. I started at a time where stand up was really dead. I started in the late nineties. I started in 1998 okay. and awesome. it was the, the age of alternative comedy. It's, it's hard to imagine nowadays. But 80s comedy was so dead and Mm. it was so like corny. Like this is what people don't know. And it's hard to imagine like in the 90s, everything from the 80s was lame. Instantly. (laughs) You'd see grunge rock bands making fun of 80s videos and in 1991. And so you're making fun of two years ago. (laughs) You're making fun of five years ago. I can't imagine making fun of five years ago now, Mm-mm. like what, it doesn't seem that different. No, I, agree. I mean, I you know, agree. um, so, and then the nineties, as far as I knew, as far as someone like me, I, st- I started stand up as like a goof. Oh, really? I thought it was <laughs> like kind of lame, but I'm going to do my version of this lame art form. Yeah. And then, and then as you get going and as you get into it, you realize it really is cool. Yeah, and a right. lot of eighties comedy is cool. It's like when you, it's like when you hear your parents' music in the background mm-hmm. your whole life, right. and then you get into your music, and then you slowly somehow find out that besides the hit songs you were listening to by Led Zeppelin, all of a sudden you realize Led Zeppelin is really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh shit. Like I thought all the I thought yeah. my parents' stuff was lame. I thought the stuff before my era was lame. And then you find out that like some of it's even better than than what and, and like 90s comedy, it was very thumbing their nose at 80s comedy. You mm. could like have a whole act where you made fun of a, no like a hacky comedian. Wow. Like you could do a parody of stand-up. Right. And you see that. People still do stuff like that. Hmm. But it was very common in the 90s and nobody wanted to... It was like very original because there was no... There was no even trying to appeal to a mainstream, at least for me, at least from mm-hmm. my perspective. There was no... There was no mainstream stand-up because stand-up was dead. Yeah, right. And so you were just doing it kind of for fun. And, but then somehow still in my head, I was going to go be a road comic. Like it was not yeah. planned out at all. <laughs> it was very, it was very much, I, wa- I was in Los Angeles cause I wanted to be a filmmaker and a writer. Right. And I walked past the laugh factory and I'm like, holy shit, this is the laugh factory. <laughs> this is from this show I used to watch called uh, comic strip live on Fox. No they shit. put it up against Saturday night live. I'm like, that's where it took place. And and me and my friend decided we we're going to try it as a goof. And the first place I ever tried it was in uh, the Laugh Factory. Wow. And uh, then I then I went to the open mics after that, and and you know really found out how difficult it was. Right, right. That's crazy, man. So yeah. So I know I know that you're an actor. I mean, so was that like the first? No, time? I'm not really an actor. I just like like I'm I'm still You've like an, an amateur actor. So yeah. like I made I made films when I went I went to a film school. It was really just a a, a college with a film program. Right. And they, and you want to talk old school, we were shooting on equipment from the sixties, you know, yeah. newsreel stuff, wow. developing film, all that stuff. And wow. so we would act in each other's films That's and, fantastic. you know, I think everybody 
maybe I'm crazy, but I think everybody kind of wants to be an actor in the back of their head, but you don't want to like go do it. Right. So <laughs> that is the not first far time you act, you I'm realize you're like, this yeah. is horrible. <laughs> uh, and, it's incredibly and difficult. So, yes. Yeah. So I was more interested in being a writer. I felt like yeah. I could do that more, but then I was also a musician. And so I had, and I was, a. uh, 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 I'm so glad I got to develop before the internet because yeah. I was a rapper in a rap band Ugh. and that was really funny. Where do I so get my we, hands on that? Yeah. We knew a... I got some videos. I'll show them to you. Nice. I just got a video conversion. So I'm putting old videos up. Oh, right on. Um, it's on my website, thefullcharge.com. I got a, I did the dating game when I got to Los Angeles. Come too, on. So I got that footage on, on my website. Oh my God. How did I but, miss that? Uh, that's that's and amazing. even a clip of me skateboarding from a movie I made. Fuck the acting. Just show me skateboarding <laughs> when I was young and nice. agile and cool. Um, but I forget what I was even trying That's, to say. Well, we were talking, you were talking about sort of the, the filmmaking aspect of it. I, I'm because I'm a filmmaker as well. So, yeah. but, I, but I, I was working with, you know, when we were using film, I guess I would say, but I never developed film and actually shot on anything like that. Well, I, this is what's you know. weird is like, I used to be, I used to have like a leg up on everybody because I was one of the only people that knew if you if you made films back then you were in the game automatically right because you're going through all these extra steps and then you just send it to a festival well, i got in a couple of festivals or whatever i didn't know what to do yeah. with that and now it's ironic because i am just not into um video and, you know do i don't even know what you call them anymore making yeah. videos making tiktoks making all sure. this stuff because i actually liked the extra steps it took to Instead of just pointing yeah. the camera at myself and going, because then all I'm looking at is like, okay, I'm looking at the imperfections of my face, yeah. the imperfections of my performance, because I didn't put any effort into it. It's just happening. This is this um, is exactly. I'm running into that as well, especially with yeah. like TikTok. And listen, I, I'll dip my toe in everything. Like if, sure. they, if everyone's doing it, sure, I'll give it a shot and see if it's see if I respond to it at all. But so I, I do videos with a buddy of mine who owns a production company and and I've been working in film for you know almost 20 years now. So there's a certain uh, uh, production value that I feel like I need to have. Yeah. And I have all these other people going, no, don't <laughs> stop thinking about it that way. Just go yeah. and shoot it. And it's like, well, but why? So yeah. I'm, I'm, well, at that, yeah. at that point, at that point to me, it becomes like really disgusting, quite frankly, because yeah. you're just, you're like yeah. just putting your whole life on the internet yeah, it's a little for cringy. no specific reason other than to spin that plate to yeah. keep people's interest. And I realize, like I have the worst business model right now, but I've made it so far into not getting up to speed with the current thing that yeah. I, I'm going to lean into that now right. where I'm just like the fucking old school guy yeah. who, yeah, I got a podcast and yeah, but, but like I, I came to a crossroads this year where I'm like, if I'm going to do a podcast, I got to get like the video up and I got to put enough money into it so that it looks like a TV show. And I just said, no, yeah. I'm going to continue to do the shittiest fucking podcast <laughs> and people who are just interested like analog, are going to be man. interested. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I haven't listened in, in a minute, but I think Bill Burr has like kept it real in that sense. Like, I think mm -hmm. he just does a podcast. I don't think he does. And he has a yeah. podcast like network yeah. and he's still like <laughs> doing, uh, you know, just into his phone or what, I don't know yeah. how he does it. Right. I think he has the best podcast, the right. funniest, cause it's just pure talent. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. And I still think that, that of the, the, you know, billion podcasts that are out there, especially from comics, I, I still think they all want to be what built 
Bill Bilber and Mark Maron do. are doing basically. Because do. those guys are just exuding all the talent and all the charisma that and yeah. effortlessly, and not everybody mm-hmm. has that. Yeah. Says the guy who's hosting the Comedy Zone podcast. <laughs> Listen, Just, you're up there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you're up there. That's, you're right up there next to him. That's fantastic, man. Uh, well, listen, we're, let's. Uh, this is a good time. Let's take a quick break. And I, I want to uh, push a couple things real quick. Um, the, the Comedy Zone in Charlotte this week is dark because of the holidays, because uh, of Christmas. Well, you can catch Jeff Die next week um, to bring in the new year. And go to thefullcharge.com uh, to see a Matt Full Charge. Do people call you uh, Full Charge? I mean, how do, what do you go by? Uh, I go by Matt, okay. quite honestly. All but right. uh, people who know me, especially in the comedy world, call me the Full Charge or Full Charge. Full Charge, yeah, yeah. Or I've had, if when I walk around in Los Angeles, people shout it out of car windows. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> that's, that's awesome. how it's, it's, it's there. Um, but I don't introduce myself as the full charge. <laughs> I don't go on stage as the full charge. Yeah, right. It's just the reason why it has been my nickname for like 25 years, but, and it's kind of an ironic nickname. I don't have a whole lot of energy, but, um, <laughs> I, 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 the reason why it made it to online is because it, no one can ever spell full Sharon, my right. last name. Got it. And so it's just easier that way. That's brilliant. The full yeah. Absolutely. Go check that out. He's got a ton of new videos on there. We'll t- talk more about that in a minute. We'll take a quick break. At ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your in-person or virtual appointment today at orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast. We're having a great conversation with Matt Fulcheron. Full charge. I'm going to start calling you that. <laughs> do it. Please but, do. So, so you you mentioned you got a bunch of new videos uh, back up on the on the website. Well, in keeping in spirit with the com- current conversation, <laughs> uh, I'm putting old videos up yes. from my specials and stuff. Yeah. Um, because again, this is counter to what people are doing now. I don't want to put my new stuff online. Before yeah. it's ready. Sure. Before, like, I, I hope to do a special at the end of the year. It looks like I'm going to have to do it myself, but I don't want it to be like a greatest hip hits album. Right. I want it to be like new for everybody. Sure. You know? And so these are clips from my Comedy Central special and my Live at Gotham, these credits that yeah. you were mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little bit of, of, of more current stuff, but still a little bit old. And, you know, just me on, your mom's house podcast, but I went and got a, um, a video converter. So I put DVDs and VHS stuff on, um, online. And like, it's exciting to me because it didn't really exist anywhere. But my, my, these TV shows I did were right at the time where they were right in the time in between where, where networks were still willing, like 
we can't put this online. You know, we, we want people to go to the TV. Yeah, right. You know, and then they miss that. And some of my Comedy Central stuff was up, but then they took it down oh, for man. whatever reason, trying not to take it personally. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really crazy, actually. Yeah, you got, you got, we're in that transition period. Yeah. Because uh, I remember, I mean, listen, we're, t- we're doing this. I worked for a newspaper, and I was part of the group that was trying to get everyone to go online. Now, you right. can imagine the, the website at the time <laughs> was not, yeah. it wasn't shit. They didn't know what they were doing. And, and I right. couldn't, it was, you know. Were, I, were other people, were other writers in the organization like kind of pissed at you? Like, oh, this guy is in our business and still trying to ruin our business. Or did they realize the value of that? I'd, I, what I know is that the writers liked having their stuff in more places. It was more yeah. about the people who were advertising because I, I worked more in, in the advertising. So I did kind of a little of both. And the advertisers were like, why would I ever spend money for that? And be like, no, for five bucks, I'll put it up for three weeks. Like, I don't care. We just want it on yeah. there. And they still were like, nah, it's not it's not worth it kind of thing. So it was a it was a struggle to get people to put any of their ads or talk about them online and add it to whatever their their run. Right. Was. I will tell you, it was funny when I was getting my 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 my. my my VHS and my DVD conversions together. Yeah. I had a million VHS tapes. Cause like you, I used to work at a, uh, a video duplication place, okay. which is another business that is just dead. Yeah. Like you not know? a thing. Yeah. People... No need for it. Right. That's, that's crazy. So all of a sudden it looked like my old job that I had forever in LA. <laughs> There's just videotapes all over my little den in my apartment, yeah. just videotapes ah. everywhere. It really brought me back. It was very funny. That reminds me, I think Jason Collins, we had on here a few weeks back, he had all kinds of that stuff in the background too. Do you know Jason Collins? Yeah. I, I, I do know him. Yeah. 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 He's, he's definitely out there. Uh, and I know court too. So he's yeah. down there. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. Court's yeah. here in Charlotte. Uh, he's doing a lot of time. He has some like monthly shows here and stuff. Well, we, we love having him here in town. Uh, so you started, you started the laugh factory. How, how long before you get outside of, of LA? Uh, in 2000, so I started in 98 and in 2000, I worked in Tucson. I worked in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I did a comedy contest in Seattle. And I was just like, holy shit. (laughs) I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how hard it was. Right. (laughs) I thought it would be easier (laughs) than stand up in LA, but you know, it's different when you're doing a showcase. Okay. 10 minutes at a pop. Yeah. Because all you have to do is blow up the room and make the biggest noise and make the lean into something extreme. And all of a sudden you're like the star of the show. But when it's, when you're just one of two guys or three guys, like it's your show. So all this energy about like shitting on the show (laughs) is now gone because you have to present the show as if it's a great show. Right. And it was really, different than the things I used to do. I was kind of like an anti-comic back then. Mm. I would kind of like call things out like this show sucks or, <laughs> or, you know, or like I'll make a reference to like some comedian to two comics back or whatever. Yeah. I was just the guy, my lane was I'm above all this. This is yeah, dumb, right. you know, that type of thing. <laughs> and then you can't do that when it's, you know, even when you're featuring, it's still your show to a certain yeah. extent, right. you know? Well, yeah, if I mean, you tell and something I've learned is like if you tell an audience or if you tell a customer that your product sucks, they will instantly believe you. Right. 
instantly. Well, so like, well, this guy knows better than anybody else. I see it all the time yeah. when when comics make fun of a small crowd. It's like, why are you making fun of the people that are here? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like to me, it's that kind of thing where the audience yeah. is like, oh, well, what am I doing right. here then? That kind of thing. Because we all start performing for comedians, and comedians laugh at different things than a paying audience yes. who got a babysitter. You know, yeah, right. The investments are very different. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, so that was your style early on. I mean, I don't see that in your style now. Like, what, what, right. what, what was the change? Why do you think you? It, it has a lot to do with becoming a professional, for better or worse. I don't even know that it's great to become a professional. <laughs> to be honest with you, if you're an artist, yeah, yeah, I get be, it. Um, but that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be professional, and it also comes from from being an adult and sure. just being like these people, you, you know, I started to become more empathetic for the audience. I, I, I wanted to become less uh, punk rock and more Elton John, mm-hmm. more like something. I want you to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to um, have, I don't want to sacrifice your good time for my integrity or for my originality. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the time and the place sneak it in where you can for five minutes and then get right. back to something that is professional and, uh, and uh, you know, for the audience. That it's li- for the audience. Right. You're working for the audience. I accepted that idea. That little bit and of compromise is something that I think there's a lot of people will never get to. They'll never It's a understand. compromise, but it's also for you too. Because, you know, now you're, there's, there's something for you when you serve other people. And that's just something you learn as an adult. Sure. There's, there's, it makes you feel good too. Now, you don't have to completely change your perspective on things right but at least make it look like you're trying yeah and that was my lane for a while to make it i look like i was not trying that was my and people liked it don't get me wrong people liked it sure yeah but it didn't it didn't last for a long time up there it didn't last for longer than 10 minutes 15 minutes and then when you're headlining to go up there and look like you're bullshitting is um it's just the audience is like what the fuck because Cause people don't go to a lot of comedy shows. They're right. like, what is this? You know? And, yeah. and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And let's be honest, sometimes being a professional, it can look too uptight. Like I've sure. lost the audience that way too, by right. being like a fucking people think I'm yeah. Jerry Seinfeld up in the suit. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Like, like, like I am eighties comedy. Like people can see that in me too. And, and it, so it goes, it goes both ways. And you try to, you try to ride the wave and, and you do, I do cater to the audience performance wise, mm-hmm. not material wise, but performance wise, I would try to figure out what they're in the mood for. Yeah. Or if I can't just drive it hard into what my best decision and um, go with that and hope yeah. they catch up at a certain point, you can't please everybody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, all right. So you're, you're going from, from West coast. Cause there's always the conversation about, I mean, even you mentioned it like West coast and comics versus you know, let's say a New York comic. So you're, yeah. you're in New York. I mean, that's home. Right. how long have you been there? And what, why, where did that decision come from? Well, you know, uh, whew. so I've been there since 2018, but it was very much interrupted by the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been back and forth to New Orleans. Gotcha. Um, the decision came, you know, I was in Los Angeles for 20 years and I felt like, I'll just be honest with you, like somewhat of a lull in my career. I was still working, but I knew I wasn't hot shit, you know? Um, and so I just felt like the freedom in that to go check out New York. I actually went to New York for nine months in 2012 
just because I was kind of bored. I went through a lot of changes in my life and I was like, why not one more change? Like, because I felt like a ghost of myself in Los Angeles. I had broken up with my girlfriend. I, I, I wasn't working in the same capacity. I didn't, I didn't know what to do exactly with my career. And I was like, why not go check out New York? And, and that wasn't a cure either. That was, I was kind of finding my way out there too. ran out of money, decided to go back to Los Angeles. And then I really wasn't, I I never, you know, they say you can't go home again Mm -hmm. and you kind of can't, it's not the same. Sure. It's weird to see like, even that, even that, what'd you say? uh, Nine months. It was only nine months, but it's weird to see like, you accept the world to crumble without you. Uh, <laughs> right. And you go back and like, everyone's just doing good. This comic you thought sucked is now like, like fucking crushing <laughs> it. And like, it all goes on without you. And you go, yeah. oh, okay. And, and, and it was good to be out there too, because I have so many yeah. friends, but I, I missed New York and I wish I stayed longer. And I used to watch shows like girls and stuff like that, just for the locations. Yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, I used to go there. <laughs> I used to drink there. I used to eat hot dogs there. And well, um, New York's romantic. I mean, regardless yeah, of how and, hard and it is so, and all that, it's romantic. And so sure. I had a really good year opening for uh, Daniel Tosh on a tour out of the blue. And I had enough money to go visit New York. I swapped apartments with a friend of mine. And I met this girl I'm engaged to now. Oh, and wow. we kept in touch. And I ended up moving back there to live with her. And I was also, you know, at that point, New York was very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. And I fucking loved it. And LA was old news to me. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that you do need to go. I think Los Angeles is where you go to cash in. Los Angeles is like a, like sure. a Las Vegas. Like I don't want to develop in Los Angeles. I want to develop elsewhere and bring my new products back to Los Angeles. Yeah. And like your last guest uh, from last week, I was listening to it before, you know, it's not even necessary to be at either place anymore. Mm-hmm. It's good, but you look at you, you're in North Carolina and you make friends with all the comics that come through and you have a podcast and you talk to all these comics. It's just as good, quite honestly. Um, I want to say it's almost as good as like being in New York, because when you're in New York, you're in the trenches. But when the New Yorkers come to you in North Carolina, you have their isolated attention. And if they like you, they're going to connect with you because you're just the one or two comics that's there. Right. And I know comics who pretty much made a career out of making friends with a comedian that's coming through. They had a yeah. connection and then that comedian takes them on the road and then they end up experiencing Los Angeles and all that stuff yeah. in a much easier fashion. Sure. Sure. Because without, they have somebody the vouching for them. Yeah. Without the grind well, in New York. Yeah. It's not a great business plan, but it's a possible business plan. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm not saying it's not a great business plan. I'm saying, it's not the only business plan yeah. because you'll stumble upon other things. The idea is to get on stage as much as possible. And let's be honest, get online as much as possible, <laughs> despite everything I've said and make as many friends as possible. Yeah. That's like, that's like something that's said in a negative context. Like it's not what you know or who, you know, yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. these people because you're quality and because these people see something in you, it's not yeah. like you're live next door to them. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> yeah. have, you've befriended them or impressed them in some way. 
and now they can vouch for you. That's just how it goes. Yeah. It's no different than any other business. No, I agree. It's not, it's not any different. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's great. And I appreciate you saying that because that is very much how it's gone. I mean, that's how you, you know, you and I, like yeah, I said, that's how we know each other. I, at the top of the show, I even, I mentioned that, man, I walked downstairs yeah. to the Creek in the cave. You were there. It was immediately like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Right, I, right, right. Yeah. So I was awesome, man. It meant a lot to me. Yeah. And, oh, and that's cool. kind of get, getting into sort of some of the other, uh, a lot of times we talk about how headliners and other people take care of younger comics, how you treat mm -hmm. them. And then I want to get into what some pet peeves you have uh, uh, in comedy, whether it's the business side or comics on stage. Um, I, I think mean, I'll probably have to come back next week too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I, I appreciate that, that. And people always ask about, you know, advice and things like that. I mean, is there, you, mm -hmm. you were someone who, you know, you, you and Christina, that's who you guys were here yeah. in Charlotte, who she was fantastic too. Yeah, you guys were very generous with you know hanging out, asking questions, just being nice to me. Is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, is that sort of your mo? Is that how you just generally treat people? It seems like it is. Um, did you I have someone see... who did that in your life? I mean, did you have someone who was like, yeah, come on, take you on the road, like Daniel Tosh? Oh yeah, I had, I had, Dan I had many people actually yeah. have taken me on the road, and it it always means a lot to me because you really get to experience what it's like to have a following. I I haven't had that blessing. Uh, and, and, uh, it's so great to go to a show where people are super excited to be there. And it's yeah. like, it's like church that they only get to experience once a year. It's like, they're super excited <laughs> yes, right. and they're revved up for you. And you're vouched for by the, the comedian that you're opening for. Right. And the, the, the club treats you nicer and just everything about it. Yeah. And and then you awesome. you only have to do like twenty minutes. You have no responsibilities right. other than showing up on time yeah. and doing your thing. You don't have to carry the show. You get to go up early. It's right. it's if you had any kind of control over like, but you have no control over that career. You're right. just you're at the mercy of your friends and your your colleagues. Yeah. Um. Uh. But as far as talking to people. And, and so when I, I was in a similar position as you, even though I was in Los Angeles, I used to MC a lot at the improvs in Southern California. And there's, there's like four of them, I think five of them now, if you count wow. Levity Live. And so I got to, while I was only about three or four years into comedy, work with all these people that awesome. were super famous and super experienced. And were from the eighties and, and just to see that and then just talk to them, they immediately start talking to you like a peer because right. you're on the same show yeah. and you're experiencing the same audiences. And if they even halfway like you, uh, then, then you are talking to these people who just are so rich in experience right. yeah. and so talented and, they don't have to talk to you. Right. Their, their night is going to be the same either way. Yeah. And so I, I think about like David Allen Greer. I think about Bobby Slayton. Right. I think about all these people that would talk to me after the show. Like I was like someone that has been doing it. You know, they might give you a couple. They might give you a couple like cheap shots or <laughs> yeah, insults or whatever. Yeah. But they're talking to you. You are all of a sudden their ally. You are all yeah. of a sudden the only guy in the room that is going through something similar sure. to them that night. And they don't want to necessarily 
be surrounded by civilians. They're like, hey, Matt, come over here. I need another fucking guy standing yeah, yeah. here. Another, another buffer you know? from, yes, yeah. from these people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so those days of, and, and it's kind of how I met Daniel Tosh too. I, uh, from play, and that was, but also I met Daniel playing at the Improv in Los Angeles and the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. But I also first met him emceeing for him in Ontario, California. Wow. And these, these, these are big. This is big. This is, you know, like I said, I've been on stage a million times and I've worked very hard at what I do, yeah. but the, the moments where it works is when maybe a booker or maybe somebody, a gatekeeper says yes and green lights you, but mostly it's from other comedians. Sure. Other comedians have helped me more than anybody. Yeah. And the biggest moments of my career are, are, even some of the TV things I've done have been because people were out to see the people I was friends with and the people I was working for and say, hey, well, what about this guy? Yeah. What about this opening act? We can put him in X, Y, and Z. And fantastic, man. It's, it's so generous. And yeah. I, I am not delusional about the fact that that's where my career comes from. Sure. You know? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and again, I go back to the purists, I think, who a lot of times will, will not not take advantage of those moments and and they don't think, you know, hosting is sort of all it's cracked up to be. I also want to say that like in our business and the people we know, there's this idea and I suffer from it sometimes of, I don't need any friends. I can do this myself. It's a one man yeah, job, right. blah, blah, blah. And, and that's one of the things that moving to New York taught me the first time was like, Oh, I'm so held up. And so, um, uh, I hate, I keep using the word blessed. I've been around my Christian in-laws all weekend, uh, but it's true. I, you know, I'm blessed by these relationships yeah. that I have and, uh, and my in-laws, uh, <laughs> great people. <laughs> Sound great. Um, and it, no, but it is, it is good to, to, to realize the gifts that you have in this yeah. life. And that, that was one of them. And I learned the hard way that, you know, like, wow, a big part of, I thought I did it all myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was that yeah, yeah, delusional. Yeah. Right. I, I think I, you, you nailed it, man. I mean, and we're not, I'm not even talking about scenes. I think again, how you guys treated me says a lot about what, what kind of what you're saying right now. And that is be good to people. They'll be good to you. Be a pro, be a, you know, you're just a generous guy. And you also talking about this. So give me a, give me a pet peeve. This is a good opportunity to say something that comics can give you a hard time about later. What's the thing that irks you about being about, about other comics or, just things that you see, whether business or not, Any, anything stupid and fun. I got a lot of people like running the light, obviously is some bullshit, but you get, got anything that jumps out at you? Um, I'll make some enemies by, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't even say that because <laughs> no, I'm going right. to make some enemies. I will, I will, I will hold you to it. Just off the top of my head, something recently that happens is when like you see a, a, a comic who's just started and he's good mm -hmm. and he's making friends with, like more successful comics. And then he starts talking as if he were also yeah. <laughs> like knows all this stuff, right? Yeah. but he don't know shit. <laughs> he just heard it secondhand. Right. Yeah. And then they start kind of, maybe I'm just too self-conscious. Uh, maybe I'm too insecure, but they start judging your career based on like what they know about from like other people. So they'd be like, have you done this? No. And you'll go, yeah. no. And they'll be like, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you get up? I get up this amount of time. Hmm, really? Right. <laughs> I would think you would get up more. You know, like the, all these assumptions of like, 
Yeah. And I know what it is because I used to be them. Uh-huh. It's, huh, <laughs> when I've been doing comedy 20 years, I'm going to have the world by the balls. <laughs> and I'm not going to be like this guy who doesn't get up as much as I would want to get up yeah. and doesn't work as much as I would want to work and doesn't have as many credits as I would want to, and, you know, doesn't sell out yeah. this band. You know, oh. you can see that. And I used to do it too. I used to be like, you know, you'd see people that have been doing it for a long time. And you'd be like, I never heard of this guy. What the <laughs> fuck? This fucking guy. But now, you know, that's most comics. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you're either okay with that or you're not. Yeah. And I've been at times in my career where I haven't been okay with it. But then I was like, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? And you try to do something else for a week and you go, no, fuck this. <laughs> I'm a comedian for better or worse. Yeah. For richer or poorer, yeah. I have accepted this career as my career, and and that's that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, also, have, you, have you ever dropped? Uh, ever sort of had that moment of going, maybe I don't do this you, all I, the time. Yeah. But <laughs> I uh, I, I always end up back because yeah. it doesn't take much time. In the so so I've taken day jobs, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't like this is gonna be my career now, but it's yeah. like okay, I got I'm gonna make money this way. So I don't have to go on the road and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. And all it takes is a day job to be like, first of all, I still have to do comedy (laughs) to make ends meet. Let's start there. Yeah. I still need to do comedy. And then you just start realizing that even though the reason why comedy doesn't pay well, it actually pays all right. It's just Mm -hmm. inconsistent. Yeah. So you can find yourself in a month where you're like, fuck, I'm fucked this month. Yeah. But then you work like I worked in film production and you're working like 14 hour days and you're yeah. making like $200 a day. Right. And you're like, I'm used to making $200 a day sitting on my ass eating chicken fingers. <laughs> this, this is not working for me. I want to go because I like doing comedy. Yeah. Even, even on the shitty weekends, it's still, so, you know, you still have so much pride in it. You still, it's what I do. I've, I, and I can't stop like writing jokes and I can't stop trying to make people laugh. So I might as well get paid for it because that doesn't always factor into your job. That's secondary at most jobs. It's primary at my job. And so that's what it's just, fuck, I can't, I can't stop making jokes. It's just what I do. And I might as well get paid for it because it's what, because I'm going to be working for free otherwise. Right. Yeah. Well, you're great at it too, man. I mean that, and that's Thank not just you very blowing much, smoke, man. dude. Uh, so you're a film production guy. Cause I am as well. And I'm, I still yeah. do that. And uh, are, are you, uh, are you also, a, a, I mean, are you writing scripts? Are you trying to, are you pitching oh, shows? Oh dude, I, I, me and my friend who I went to film school with, uh, we've got a project going right now. We've yeah. got some good interest and we shot something and we, um, oh, that's fantastic. And we've got it in production, fingers crossed. I no mean, you know how these things go. Yeah. And when I say in production, I mean, we're just like rewriting the script with a production company. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we really like who we're working with. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who, <laughs> but we're really excited uh, about it because, because you know that like these things, nine times out of 10, they go nowhere. They but fall this apart, is yeah. the best part. The best part <laughs> yeah. is when it's a possibility. Yes. Because even if it succeeds, that's when reality sets in and it's not what it looked like in your head. Right. And you're having trouble and you're doing this. It might sound negative, but it's just realistic. This is the best part. And, it, right. and, and I'm so lucky because when you are in the middle or the beginning of a potentially successful <laughs> project at Christmas time and new year's, 
That's the fucking best <laughs> because you get to celebrate Christmas yes. and you get to look forward to the new oh, year. Oh man. I love it. I'm in a good position. Uh, right I now. love that for you, dude. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, you know, film production is so, so difficult. Every aspect of it is everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be so fun. No, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be long hours. And it's going to be a pain in the ass. And you know, and you're subject to, it's a team effort yeah. and that's good and bad. Right. Sure. So it's, it's good as long as you have a good team. Yeah. But then like you could have one dude that's like a weak link or something. Like, I don't know. It's just a million it's, things. It's could out of your hands. Right. And there's going to be a lot of cooks and yeah. me and my friend will be lucky if we're even in the project. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I the more it, successful, <laughs> yeah. the harder it's going to be for us within our own project. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, oh, and man. but I'm also excited because we've decided if it doesn't go, if something doesn't happen, that we're going to do it ourselves. And that gives Good, me yeah. a lot to look forward to because then we'll get to do exactly what we want to do. Very cool, man. Uh, you that's, know, that's, so we can't lose in a way. That, that is a, it's a great place to finish because, yeah. you know, once we know and, and this thing's hitting the ground, let's have you back on so we can yeah. talk about it with everybody and we can, you know, push it and get people watching yeah. it. So absolutely, man. man. Anytime, that, anytime, buddy. You're a good dude. And appreciate uh, that. See, you're one guy that's, that's cool. There are people, you're asking me about my pet peeves. Some people do rub comics the wrong way. Yeah. And um, you're not one of them. You're, you're a good dude. Me and Christina <laughs> both that. loved you, and we're and I'm happy to do this. Awesome, man! Thank you very much. And yeah. and, and everybody, go to the fullcharge.com. Right? It's not, is it full we'll charge? Some really old videos. <laughs> some really new but, old that videos. are well produced, though. That are well produced. Yeah, that's right. And there you can get your podcasts on there. There's videos, photos. You've got Patreon, all kinds of different things. A really yeah, great yeah, website, yeah. by the way. So yeah. do that. I'm sure your socials are on there. I know, you know. Yeah, the full. It's it's just everything's full, full charge, charge everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, listen, everybody out there, uh, check out Matt Fulcheron wherever he's at. Go there. We're in New Orleans coming up, Atlantic City, Vegas. You're in Ohio. I, I forgot where the town was. So January, February. This, I mean, you're chock yeah. full. So there's places to see him. So please go do that. Uh, I want to say Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And I don't know if we're going to have a show, Brian, before the new year, maybe probably 20. <laughs> he just cut me off. He's like, nah, we're not doing that. So uh, you will. <laughs> you will. You yeah, we'll see us in 2022. And uh, we're very excited about that. So B, thanks for for being here. She nailed didn't B? She nailed it. Uh, she's did. A oh, yeah, job, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She's hired. She's, she's hired. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this is the, the last show then of uh, the Comedy Zone podcast for 2021. We made it, everybody. Thanks again, Matt. And I'm Jason Allen King, Brian Baltashevitz. B, I don't know your last name, but we'll get it in 2022. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next year. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 